And so I, I want to share a little with you guys this morning is um, a few songs before we did um, Oh Holy Night. And, and as I was preparing, and um, uh, founding pastor Paul Bennett has, has always sort of often actually covered, gone look behind the carols and go, what has been the story behind these songs that we sing? And, and I love um, the carol, oh, oh Holy Night. So I started to, um, to look into it a little bit and see what the story was behind it. And I was, I was amazed and I was quite encouraged and inspired by it. So I wanted to actually share a little bit um, with you this morning. Um, so hopefully you find it a little bit interesting as well. And then each time you hear the carol, there'll be a, a few more thoughts and a little bit more depth and stuff to it. Um, so it started off actually in uh, 1847. Anyone, anyone born then? Anyone around? No. <laughs> um, when Placide Capot, and I'm not going to attempt his last name, um, was he was a, a commissioner of wines. He was a winemaker, and he was much more well known for his poetry than he was for his church attendance, right? Um, but his poetry was very well known, and the 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 church within where he lived had a new organ and um, they were wanting to celebrate it and they were wanting to have something, the priest was wanting to have something a little bit special. So he actually um, went to Placide and, and said to him, hey, would you actually write a poem that, that we could have to, to commemorate this occasion? And, um, so, and to share with the church. So he went was a little bit surprised that the priest had come to him, but he was like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll definitely think about it and, and see what I can do with this. And um, it was actually as he was traveling down to, to Paris and he was reading through the, the Gospel of Luke and he was inspired again by the Christmas story and what God was doing in, in that moment and in that story. And as he started to to pen this poem about his reflections and his musings from, from Luke 2 of what God was doing, that, that, the, that this poem started to, to flow out of him. And, and um, he was so taken aback by, by what was actually captured within this, that he went, this is, this is more than just a poem. And so he went to um, his friend, um, Adolphe, who had... Uh, studied in the um, Paris Conservatoire. He is well known for his um, compo- his compositions around lots of ballets and, and different musicals around the time. The only predicament for him is his friend came and gave him this poem and asked him to put it to music and create a beautiful song from it. That he was Jewish. <laughs> so to write a song about the Christ was like... But again, we see the hand of God actually woven through the story. And so he... He came on board and he did his best to, to set to music and to, to do justice to this beautiful poem that had come out of Luke 2 as they tried to capture the essence. Because what had so captured um, Placid's heart was that as he was driving, as, well, as they were, I mean, he probably wasn't driving, but as they were going down to Paris and he was reading the Gospel of Luke, he was just started to imagine what would it have been like on that night? is he's reading this story and going, what if I was there? What would it have been like? And it was his imagination and his heart that had been captured in this moment. And so these two men were working to try and capture, actually, what would it have been like to have been there? As we read these accounts, as we hear this this story, what would it like to have have been there? And from this... Um, the initial song, Saint Tique de Noël, was wholeheartedly um, was written. 
and for the first time was performed just three weeks later at midnight, at midnight Mass on Christmas Eve as a celebration of the new organ. Initially, it was wholeheartedly accepted by the church in France, and the, the song quickly found its way into various Catholic Christmas services. But when Placide walked away from the church for um, various political reasons, and it was later discovered that Adolphe Adams was indeed a Jew, the song, who, the song that had quickly grown to be one of the most beloved Christmas songs in France was suddenly and uniformly denounced by the church. Again, one of our greatest moments, right? The heads of the French Catholic Church deemed the Santique de Noël unfit for church services because of the lack of musical taste and total absence of the spirit of religion. Yet even as the church tried to bury this song, the French people continued to sing it. And a decade later, a reclusive American writer brought it to a whole new audience halfway around the world. Not only did this American writer, Dwight Sullivan, uh, John Dwight Sullivan Dwight, feel that this wonderful Christmas song needed to be introduced to America. He saw something else in the song that moved him beyond the, beyond the story of the birth of Christ as well. An ardent abolitionist, Dwight is strongly identified with the lines in the third verse. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. For the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. And in the midst of he was living this out, advocating for the abolition of slavery, this, 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 this child, this song, took on a whole new meaning. So as he translated it um, and introduced it to the American people, it found a different meaning as well in people's hearts alongside this Christmas story. But back in France, um, given this new song had been banned from the church for almost two decades, many commoners still sang Santique de Noël at home. Legend has it that on Christmas Eve in 1871, in the midst of fierce fighting between the armies of Germany and France during the Franco-Prussian War, a French soldier suddenly jumped out of his muddy trench. Both sides stared at the seemingly crazed man, boldly standing with no weapon in hand or on the side. He lifted his eyes to the heavens, and rather than... Um, can I grab your mic, um, Belinda? Rather than um, butcher this French, we're actually going to have this morning special guests with authentic French accents. <laughs> actually read it out to us. As he's standing up in the middle of this battlefield, this is what he proclaims. Minuit, chrétien, c'est l'heure solennelle où l'homme Dieu descendit jusqu'à nous. How amazing is that? <laughs> the first line to the, to the song, O Holy Night, in French. How amazing. Um, and then in reply to that, and I'm not even going to try the German, the German soldier, one of the German infantrymen climbed out of his hiding place and answered with the, with the beginning of Martin Luther's robust, from heaven above to earth, I do come. The story goes that the fighting stopped for the next 24 hours while the men on, while the men on Christmas Eve, for the men on Christmas Eve in 1906. Um, oh, sorry, I've jumped, jumped down the song. 
Uh, so the story, sorry, the fighting stopped for the next 14, 24 hours as the men celebrated Christmas together in a time of peace. And then once Adams had been dead for many years and Kampol and Dwight were old men, when on Christmas Eve, Reginald Fessenden, a 33-year-old university professor and a former chief chemist of Thomas Edison, did, some long, did something long thought impossible. Using a new type of generator, Fessenden spoke into the microphone and for the first time in history, a man's voice was broadcast all over the airwaves. Up until that stage, they had only had Morse code. And what did he choose to say? What did he choose to ponder and to share and broadcast to the world in this time? He chose the first scripture from Luke 2. And it came to pass on these days that there went out a decree decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. He began in a clear and strong voice, hoping that he was reaching across the distances he supposed that he would. Shocked radio operators on ships and astonished wireless owners at newspapers and slack, were slack joyed as their normal coded impulses heard over tiny speakers were interrupted by a professor reading the Gospel of Luke. And the few who caught this broadcast must have seemed to the few who caught this broadcast it must have seemed like a miracle, hearing a voice somehow transmitted for the first time in this way. Fessenden was probably unaware of the sensation that he was causing on ships and in the offices. He couldn't have known that men and women were rushing to their wireless units to catch this Christmas Eve miracle. After finishing his recitation of the birth of Christ, Fessenden picked up his violin and began to play the first song that was ever sent via the air radio waves. So did the broadcast. 
but not before music had found a new medium that would now carry the sound around the world. For years, this song has captured this night of wonder for so many. The wonder of when in the midst of an ordinary night, God was doing something extraordinary. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went down to the Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby that was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things in her and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it came to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And I wonder for a moment, would you join with me and close our eyes? as we picture what it would have been like on this night. And like so many that have gone before, like a poet as he was traveling down to to Puri and, and let his heart again be captured by those words, what would it have been like in that place? Let's picture for a moment the stable, not a romanticized one that we've seen in the movies, but one where actual animals would have been kept. And in a long trough that a young mother was doing her best to make a cradle for her newborn son, where over the top hung low a beautiful, bright, shining star, calling both shepherds and wise men alike because they were all now invited to be part of this story. As we enter, we pause for a moment 
What is our response? On this ordinary night, for so many, as many slept around the world unaware of what was happening, God has done something that is worthy of wonder. He is now, from this point on, Emmanuel, God with us. This baby, this baby that lies in a manger, a feeding trough of animals, this baby, the promise that all creation has been waiting and groaning in pain for, will grow to be a man who will be the one to reconcile and heal the brokenness of this world, the depths of which we will experience but never fully understand. Through him, we will see and learn about an incredible God who invites us to walk with him in a relationship in a place he created to share with us. And gently, in and through us, he will outwork a new kingdom in which this baby that lies before us in a stable, in a manger, will be the king of kings to which every knee will one day bow. So would you join with me this Christmas and let's determine again to let a sense of wonder rest within us like the shepherds let us proclaim glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Let us this Christmas be like Mary, who treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them. And for those who this Christmas is hard, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would know that God is with you that his care is deeply towards you and his promises for you are that he is a father to the fatherless. He will place the orphan within families. He is the God who heals, the God who provides, and the God who gives rest to those who are weary. So now as the team comes back, I'd love for us to sing again. Oh, holy nights. And let's take these things in our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to again capture our hearts afresh for the wonder of the story that I think sometimes we can hear so often and we go, I know what happens and I know what happens next and I know another. Do you understand? And, and just take a couple of moments and reflect on it. And go, what changed in that moment? What was God doing in that moment? How does that change how we can come to him now? 
Holy Spirit, we just pray that, Lord, you will come and you will fill this place afresh again this morning. Lord, fill our hearts again, Lord, with a sense of wonder that, Father, when they were expecting kings of power and of might, Lord, you came as a baby in a lowly place. That, Father, there is something about this kingdom, Lord, that we will not understand, but, Father, will forever capture our hearts. And, Lord, we pray that again this Christmas, Lord, stir something within us. Lord, draw us back to Jesus. Father, I pray even now, Lord, as we go into this time of worship, Lord, that you will be speaking into areas of pain. Lord, where there is hurt, where there is weariness this Christmas. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch these places. Lord, draw us deeper. Lord, draw us closer into you this morning. Holy Spirit, stir again a fresh sense of wonder. On that night, Father, may our hearts be captured by the extraordinary thing that you did in amongst a very ordinary.